I forgot to ask you a couple questions last time. Uh, one of them was how your parents met. Do you remember? You know, since we lived adjacent to my grandparents' place, I assume that they might have had something to do with it. I, I have no idea. Otherwise, why would a person from Madeira go to Biola to meet a girl? You know, that didn't even make sense to me. So somewhere in that German connection, there was, you know, somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that he's, he's of the age. That, he was 26, I guess, when they got married, and she was 21. But um, th that's all I, I can think. Not, nobody ever told me, but I'm just assuming that somebody knew somebody that knew somebody, and here's a guy in Madeira that that uh, is single, and uh, hmm, you know. Okay, so she w she lived in Biola. Biola, yeah. Did she was the church at that point established? Uh, the church was established. No. Wait a minute. Oh yeah. Yeah, they got married in '29. So, so uh, uh, yeah, the church was established in '21. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Um, they were actually. They both went. No, I don't know if she did go to that church. I know they went to Lutheran Church in Fresno. That might have been where they met. Maybe, huh? She, yeah, see, they were, they were Lutheran. Maybe the, my grandparents didn't want to go to that church because it, it was, it was, um, I think it already changed from Lutheran to Congregational, and, you know, maybe they, they had this idea that Lutheran was, was only, <laughs> the only good one. So your, your dad and your mom were both Lutheran? Yeah. Oh, that's Peter going on. Oh, that's gonna. No, that's all right. As long as we know. Darren turns up a little bit because it was. He thought it was cold in here. Right. Old heater in the office. Um, all right. So let's go to school, school age, school years. Uh, what? Who were your friends in school, starting in grade school? I don't remember any friends when I went to school in Madeira, but in in. Uh, <coughs> I went to two schools when we moved over to, to that area uh, near Biola. Uh, one was Vinland School, and I, I can't remember the friends that I had there, but the friends when I went back to Empire School, the third grade, then I had uh, Al Bellwamini, Leo Bringuero, uh, those are the two that I remember most. Uh, and then the other names are, are, are they, they evidently didn't connect with me in high school because these, these two did. Um, gosh, what was it? So this is in third grade. And which, which school was this? Empire? Uh, Empire. Where was Empire? Yeah. Where was Empire? It, it was um, on the corner of uh, Sycamore and Clinton in, in uh, uh, Kerman. Okay. Um, how did you get to school? Do you remember? 
A school bus, yeah. So drive by Avenue 9? Um, no, this is when we lived over in uh, Avenue 9. When I was in, in school at Avenue 9, we just walked to school. It was less, it was only like a quarter mile to school. But when we got to um, the, the ranch in, near Biola, then the school bus uh, came right by the driveway uh, and our road. Uh, there was a period of time, I don't know why, uh, a gas shortage or something, but we'd have to walk a half a mile to, to catch the bus. But otherwise, it was usually right, caught it right at the end of our driveway. Um, how many students were there at your school? At Empire, let's see. Was it was it like broken out via grades, like first grade was a room, second grade was a room, or was everyone? No, it wasn't like the school in Madeira. Everybody was in one room. Uh, no, they had like um, three grades were in one building, you know, and then I think they had three buildings and and the uh, they they only went to the sixth grade where that school, you know, I told you Madeira was uh, from first to eighth grade, but this was first to sixth grade. And so uh, after the sixth grade, then the high school had seventh and eighth grade. So all the country schools would go to seventh, eighth grade at the high school, but the city, the Kerman City School, had their own junior high school. So that was that was a big difference, being that we got to know some of the students in 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 the upper grades before the kids coming in from another uh, junior high. So. Uh, yeah, two years spent there. They had uh, they had brought in some uh, army buildings uh, and and put the junior high in those. And then this from the ninth grade to the senior high, they were in the, the main building. They had offices downstairs, auditorium downstairs, a uh, few classrooms. But most of the classrooms were on the second. Second story. Okay. Um, do you remember your favorite subject in school? I really wasn't a good student, so I really didn't have favorite favorites. I think uh, uh, I wasn't very good at math either, but I, I, I liked algebra. I really liked algebra a lot. Um, uh, some of the other classes were, you know, things things that didn't connect real well with me. Uh, that was probably the only class that really stand, stood out with me uh, in my later years. Uh, I later I went on from algebra to geometry and trigonometry, and and uh, geometry wasn't bad, but I didn't connect very well with trigonometry at all. <laughs> no. Just the combination of geometry and algebra with trigonometry. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you were when you were in school, did you have any? Um, did you play sports, or were you any any 
clubs or yeah we had we had the athletic club was called we went to Kerman High School it was called Block K and I I, I was in uh, uh, football basketball and track uh, I tried I was on the baseball team in my freshman year and then the track coach found out that I could high jump a little so he he talked me out of getting out of baseball and going into track and it was a good thing because I had a I was lucky I uh, uh, back back in those days they didn't have like later on they had varsity and junior varsity well in our day it was ABC class C was the little guys and then B was medium and A was like varsity so you were classified according to your height weight and age and being that I was always younger I was I started out in a C class and uh, so I was 14 years old and I I could jump a little and I was fortunate enough to go through uh, winning all my meets and um, when we got to uh, uh, winning the league meet and then won the county meet and I won the valley meet and so then when I moved up to the medium the B class I did the same thing I won every every meet and won the valley valley championship too but when I got into the A class which would be varsity now uh, I, I choked in the last, I won all my meets except the last one, the Valley Championship, and I, I, I took third place, which only the first two went to the state meet, so I missed I missed not going to state meet that year. But I felt I was fortunate that the coach did pull me out of baseball and, and uh, put me in track. I had, had got a lot, of, uh, a lot of medals for, you know, uh, all of them were gold medals, of course, and, uh, Do you have any of them still? Um, yeah, I have a I have a box of of all those medals that uh, I had. Then when I I uh, yeah uh, I continued on uh, doing that too. When I got out of high school, I I uh, my senior year, I was fortunate to uh, set the school record in high jump and. Uh, it's still there after all these years because uh, about 10 years after I left Kerman, they disbanded track. So nobody had broken my record at that time. So it, somewhere it's still it's still on the book somewhere. So, uh, Do you that, remember when that was? Pardon me? Do you remember which year that was? 1949, yeah. 49 was, was when you were in C? No, uh, uh, 47, 47 C, 48 B, and 49 A, A team, yeah. All right. Well, we'll come back to high school, but uh, oh. I, I, forgot to, I forgot to ask you a couple questions more about primary school. Oh. Did you, um, do you still know any of your primary school friends? Or? Yeah, um, um, the ones that are still living, I, I, I think... Uh, Leo is still, Leo Bringetto is still living. Um, um, uh, one, another fellow that was close, uh, lived close to us, her ranch was adjacent to ours, was uh, Pete Wolf, and, and as far as I know, he's, he's still living. They're all older than I am, but, but um, 
uh, not too many are, are still living, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, I had in high school, I had a, a, a relative that was a, a good friend. And, well, we're, I'm jumping past. I'm in back to high school again. Uh, we'll finish that. Well, yeah, the primary school. Yeah. So Leo Brangetto and Pete Wolf. Pete Wolf and Al Balwamini. Al Balwamini passed away in at the age of sixty, and uh, so he's he was gone a long time. Um, we had uh, oh you know there were four or five others, but their names uh, <laughs> their names have slipped my mind. I can't. I'm sorry. Did you uh, did you get in trouble at primary school? Not that I remember, no. Uh, I was pretty, I was, uh, I was, I was a good student as far as at my actions, but I wasn't a good student as far as uh, education. <laughs> did you have, did you have homework way back then? Oh yeah, yeah, they had, we had homework. That's probably the thing that didn't, set too well with me is, is having to do something at home all the time and when I'd like to be not playing around or something. What was, um, do you remember the biggest problem that you had in, in primary school? As far as education? Or was it boredom or was there bully? No, I wasn't, I wasn't boredom. I, I, uh, I, I was fortunate to run around with the guys that were kind of like the you know the the guys that you know had would do everything you know in school there's always a certain group that kind of does the things in school both boys and girls and uh, yeah we had uh, we had limited amount of athletics then in elementary school i i did remember playing baseball and and uh, high jumping and and uh, basketball, but but it was very limited in 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 those days. Days. Yeah. Uh, did you ever pretend to be sick to stay home from school? No, no. I I I did enjoy going to school, you know, and and uh, but but I wasn't a good student, but I did enjoy enjoy going to to school. Uh, I would never, oh, of course, <laughs> I, if I'd have stayed home sick, I'd have been put to work, so I wouldn't, that wasn't a good alternative. Do you remember how you learned to read? Hmm. You know, I, 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 I don't think I, I started out reading in the first part of my first grade, but uh, I remember getting getting school books that we had to read a certain amount, you know, and uh, the teacher uh, would write things on the blackboard and explain, you know, what the words were and what they meant, and and that helped us start, you know, reading and, and understanding what the reading was. Uh, I think that really might have been in the second grade before I really got into uh, 
anything or learning learning to read. Did you have a favorite word that you liked reading or writing or Hmm. I thought of the old three that reading, writing and arithmetic. I always liked the the word arithmetic, you know, I I, I was probably better at arithmetic than I was at any of the other subjects, but but uh, the I guess the sounding of the word kind of fascinated me the way it it was a little more uh, expressive than just saying reading and writing. When you say arithmetic, wow, that you know that that kind of meant something. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you have a favorite book to read? I don't recall books in, uh, you know, because uh, the books I read were, were just uh, school books, you know. I don't recall having a book uh, of my own that I, I read and liked. I, I, I'm sure there was, but, but my memory doesn't go back to, to pick that up. Uh, did you learn to write? What, what did you use to write with? Or what did you used to learn to write? Chalkboard or? Um, no, I, I think uh, we wrote on lined paper, you know, so that we could keep everything straight. And, and uh, uh, the writing was, was uh, I remember the, the teacher was really particular on writing and, and being leg legible, you know. Uh, I, I, although I never did have good handwriting, I, I did write to where I, someone could read it, you know. Um, when she taught us right there again, it was, you know, always on the blackboard and, and the, how you're supposed to, <laughs> to move your hand. Instead of holding your hand and writing, you're supposed to, you know, give the hand the motion and, and get everything like circles, circles, you know. And... Uh, uh, that was my first experience with writing. I don't know if I did a lot of it, but uh, I did enough of it that uh, it, it did did leave some impression with me on how important writing was. Do you would you say that you have more of your mom's handwriting or your dad's handwriting? Or did, uh, I think I have more of my dad's. My dad didn't have a better handwriting than my mother. My mother's wasn't very good at all. My sister had uh, better handwriting than I had, but but my dad did have, uh, for, for an uneducated person, he only went to the fourth grade, he had really pretty good handwriting for a because he did all, you know, when they were married and had their vineyard business that he had to, you know, make all the checks out and everything. So it had to be legible. And, and I, I thought he did a pretty good job. I'm, I wasn't as good as, but, but I was uh, good enough that you could distinguish, you know, word from word. Um, do you remember what? your desks in elementary school were like? Were they the oh. old style? Yeah, these, these, these were old desks that had metal frames and then it had a, a wood top that folded 
open and you could put your books and, and materials in there and then close it up and write on top of it, you know. But we kept, each person had their own desk and, and so you keep all your things that you needed for school in those desks and uh, and uh, you would, you know, you left and you'd be back the next day and all you did is open the, the lid and, and uh, pick up whatever you needed. Um, was it one teacher for all of your subjects? Um, yes. One teacher, uh, it, it wasn't one teacher per grade, but it was te one teacher for a, uh, maybe a block of two or three grades, and she stayed with that and taught you everything. Uh, you didn't move from, you know, from teacher to teacher for different, different subjects. Uh, in those days, it was the teacher had to teach everything. Do you remember your teacher's names? Huh. I remember the teacher in, in uh, even though I was only there for a half a year in, in Madeira, I remember her name and uh, a large lady. She was single. His name was Miss Footman. And uh, when we left, we later found out that she, about a year or so later, she had married. And it was kind of a surprise to me because as a kid, you always thought that teachers never got married, you know. That, <laughs> but but um, uh, and I can't remember the teachers either at Vinland. I was only at Vinland for one year or at... Boy, isn't that funny that I would remember back to that teacher, but maybe it's because of the size she was that that stood out with me, and I'd, or maybe she repeated her name so often in <laughs> in class that that uh, stuck with me. Yeah. So in in the, when I went on to the uh, to Empire, they, I'd, I I probably had three different teachers, you know, and. Uh, uh, were over there for one teacher for eight classes. It, that might have uh, made an impression to me, you know, I don't know. Uh, I can't even remember even the first name, or of course you don't didn't know first names, you know, uh, last names of any of the teachers. They were good teachers. They were good teachers and, and uh, dedicated. <clears throat> so ex explain to me the... Uh, your progression of school. So you went to Madeira. Yes. First, what was the name of that one? Uh, a sweet flower. Sweet flower. Yeah. And you went from from first through third grade. Well, the teacher had advanced me to third grade. So when I went to Empire, that teacher wanted to put me back to the first grade, and my mother didn't accept that. So she went to the Vinland School, which was was not in our district. Uh, couldn't catch the bus because it didn't that bus didn't come by our area and so she talked the uh, with the principal and he accepted it, me into the second grade and so that's where I that's why I went to that school for one year in the second grade and then when I finished that then that teacher promoted me to the third grade again and I went to, to the district school district that I was in but in, in, when I went to Vinland, my, my parents had to drive me to school because uh, you couldn't catch the bus. So uh, 
or if if I did, she didn't have to drive me to a, a bus stop that was uh, in in that district. You know. How, do you know how far away that school was? That school was. Um, let me see, one and a half, two, three and a half miles, and the other school in our district was um, a mile and a half. So when they drove you to school, did, yeah. what car did they drive you in? We, uh, let's see, we had a, the family car, it was a 1937 Plymouth four-door sedan. <laughs> and what were the, do you remember the speed limits, or were there paved roads? Or? Oh, uh, <laughs> the roads were paved, but were very narrow, and so... The speed limit was uh, was really limited by the conditions of the roads. You know, if you were in a better road, you drove a little. There was, uh, I, I'm assuming like now, they might have had a state speed limit, you know. But in the country, there was never uh, any enforcement of, of any speed limit. So uh, I think it was self-imposed by the fact that, you know, how how the condition of the roads were. So would it be your dad or your mom that drove you? Uh, it, it probably was my mother. My dad was, he'd been out working already, you know, and he'd, he he didn't want to stop working. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was my mother. She didn't, um, she didn't work as much uh, when we moved to that area near Biola as she did when we lived in, in Madeira. Uh, even though I can't recall years before, probably four years old, you know, but I remember going out. I had a, I had to know something about four years old because I was out working with her. With otherwise, I'd have been in school. So I, I went to school at five. So I must have been four when I was, I was working with her. But even then, I, I didn't remember, uh, you know, what we did. So, but when we. Um, Moved to the other area. She did mostly, uh, you know, uh, yard and, and the housework and the washing, you know, and everything. So she didn't have a, a lot of time to go out and, and, and do. She did. She still did go out and do labor work. But uh, my dad just took care of the ranch. Uh, he didn't have time. He used to. He was one of the first small farmers, I mean really small farmers, that um, had a tractor. And uh, so he was uh, innovative enough that he would go out and work other ranches, small ranches. So he'd always make a little extra money that way. He'd work, you know, all day and, and sometimes every day, you know, and then he'd come home and work work uh, till dark uh, doing his field work and probably before he left in the mornings he would do some field work too so he had he had long hours but he I recall him making a, uh, I don't know what how much but but I know he made a little extra money to help help the ranch uh, with with payments and stuff like that uh, mom what mom did you know it, it it went into the 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 pool that helped you know with the food and the, and the clothing and the, and the payment payments of the ranch so they worked uh, well together that way and uh, 
uh, were very, uh, very frugal. And uh, I, 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 I can't use the word cheap because frugal sounds a little more uh, kind. And, but they were able to save money when some of the other friends weren't able to save what they did because they, they really, really watched. And you had asked me a question yesterday how to learn. What I learned from it is, is you know, I guess frugality would be be an uh, explanation of of what I what I retained and and uh, I hope that I pass it on to um, my ch our children and and uh, sometimes they mention it that yeah they did uh, it did help them in making some of their uh, uh, buying decisions. Do you remember in school? Were they would they ever teach you about modern events like the in 1939 when when the Nazi party was coming to mm -hmm. to what would you learn about anything or do you remember anything about the start of the war boy you know I just remember the Second World War starting uh, because I was nine years old at the time and uh, uh, I, I don't remember pre things being taught about pre-World War II. Uh, I know that there was just a, a lot of, of, of um, uh, speaking and, and, and teaching about uh, World War II, you know, and, uh, and the f factors that caused World War II. Uh, which, of course, as I grew up later on, I had a, a little different idea what why World War II was started, uh, not what we were told, <laughs> you know, at that time. What were you told? Well, you know, we were told that you know uh, we were we were bombed and and um, uh, that took us into World War II. Pearl Harbor was bombed in Hawaii and. And that uh, started World War II, even though the Nazis had already been working all through the Europe, uh, taking over that part of the country. And then uh, uh, that involved us, too, after, after Japan uh, bombed us. And uh, so uh, that's all we knew about it, you know. And, and we weren't told the real facts of why World War II was. Uh, so all we knew is that we were forced into it, but um, <laughs> I learned later on in life, as my, as you experience life, and and that uh, there was really something else behind it. <laughs> so did life change when the war started? Did you? Yeah. Uh, you, or? Yeah, that was the big part. You know, we had, we had uh, food stamps that you could only buy so much food uh, of of each thing, and then of course your gas rationing was really uh, severe. And and uh, how did how did the gas rationing affect you? Well, you couldn't travel. You know, you you uh, you had to uh, just do the necessity of of going. <laughs> Going to the store and and uh, you know going to town probably once, once a month and uh, and uh, uh, the rationing 
hurt hurt farming because you know you needed the the fuel for the for the tractors even though like i said the, the people we knew were all small farmers so not, not many of them had tractors my dad was the, one of the first small farmers that bought a tractor and uh, i don't know how he see the tractor was a diesel tractor and before that tractors were all gas so i don't know how what the situation was with diesel because i'm sure that most of the um, equipment in the war were, were diesel you know the big equipment so i don't know how that affected whether he had to quit doing a lot of outside work you know and just concentrate on his own ranch but but um, it might have been, and I don't know, nobody ever told me, but it might have been more severe with diesel than it was with gas, even though all all the cars at that time were all gas, you know. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he, how he got by with, I'm sure it, it, everything was rational, you know, whether you had a, you had a, just do it do the very necessities you couldn't do the extra things you probably would do yeah we didn't do any traveling until after the war a few years after the war before we can actually travel away from our home <clears throat> to visit different things so uh, that that would have been you know pretty restrictive when you couldn't couldn't get out and do the things the food uh, food was um, boy you know those rationing books had had dates on them and they had you could only use uh, this stamp this day and for this uh, you know type of food and uh, you know milk was a certain stamp and and meat was a certain stamp and and the other essentials were so you were cut down to to your diet was very simple because um, mainly because of the rationing uh, it was everybody was able to get by you know it wasn't that anybody would starve because of the rationing it was just that you probably didn't spend what you would have liked to being that you could only uh, buy essential things so uh, was the general attitude about the rationing just they, they were for it, or was it just like it was a necessity, you had to go with it, or were people angry with it, or was there a patriotic feel about it? Uh, you know, there there could have been a partial uh, patriotic, but I, I'm sure more, more, more than not, there was a little upset about this, the whole system, you know, why it had to be. And I think even though you understood that, you know, it wasn't SS, it still was very uh, 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 grievous and, and uh, uh, it, it, it just took part of your life away from you, that freedom, you know, that we always talk about freedom and, and it did take your, that part of your freedom away. And that's probably what made more people than not uh, upset with it, you know, that, that they didn't have the freedom of choice. Uh, you're really told what you could do and what you couldn't. So. Did the war going on affect how, affect how you, affect who you played with or what you played with, um, like in, in school or after school? 
Yeah, you know, after when the Japanese bombed uh, us, it was it was really before they, of course, were interned. But before that, it, you might look back and say that could have been a a, a racist thing that you wouldn't want to play with with Japanese kids, you know, or and and adults did not associate with Japanese people because there was that that um, uh, there was a very like a stigma uh, yeah of distrust you know uh, it, it was it was very blatantly uh, put out that it was a very sneaky attack so it made people feel that maybe they can't be trusted you know and so uh, that went on all during the war of course like I say, they were in turn, they weren't uh, near us, but, but there was always that, that feeling. And uh, uh, the war meant something to my folks being German. And when they saw that the Japanese were in turn because of the war, they, they said they, they were not citizens. They, they were in this country since my dad's family since 1903. My, my my mother's family since 1910, and they never became citizens, so they never were able to vote. But they paid taxes and did everything that a, a citizen would. And and when they saw that the Japanese were interned, they said, "Oh, we Germans might be next." So they went to night school and be, and learned citizen, became citizens, and had to go through a, quite a process to become citizens. Yeah. <coughs> Did um, did your mom and dad? Did you have any family that were affected by um, affected by the war in Germany or Russia? Not that I know of. You know, <clears throat> they never ever talked about having family left. I I assume that everybody came over, everybody that was still living came over. Uh, I don't know how many generations. I know my grandparents. They were probably in their 20s when they came over. So, you know, see, I never thought about that until you just asked me this question that they could have had people left because they might not have all come over. And, and um, boy, they never, ever, they never ever mentioned, you know, they didn't even uh, tell us all we knew is they were kicked, they were forcibly chased out of Russia by the communists. And so I was, at a very young age, was, was um, indoctrinated with anti-communist uh, teachings. And uh, Was it directly related to the Bolshevik or the Menshevik yes. revolutions? Yes. Yeah. You see, when, when, when uh, the communists took over, uh, USSR in 1918 or 70 when it was, well, they already were in the countrysides before the turn of the century, and they were working on people who owned property. And um, those early guys were very vicious. Uh, and I never, people never told us about how bad it was, but I just heard that they would come to someone with property and have a gun to their head and said, your life or your property. 
and they wanted to live, so they left and came to the United States. And so they, came, like I said, they, one family came in 1903. Well. The communists didn't take over till the late 19, 1918 or whenever it was. So that was all those years they've been working the countrysides before they got into Russia. And uh, so they did a lot of damage, I guess. Uh, I, all I can, I never learned this from my family, but I, I from other sources that they were very evil people, you know. And... Uh, it was something not to be, be uh, wanted to be associated with. Uh, they had they had their freedoms, and then to have them taken away was pretty drastic, you know. Of course, if you're threatened with your life, you know, you <laughs> it's a pretty easy decision to make. You want to live. They were young, and uh, like I said, the grandparents were probably in their twenties, so they certainly wanted to live yet, and they. So they just dropped everything, came over with whatever uh, they could get in a, 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 a ocean liners, uh, you know, whatever they could pack in clothes, and that, that's all they came over with. So it was um, it was quite a hardship. Uh, we, as growing up, understood that it was a big hardship, you know, and for them to try to start a new life was. And I'm sure there was some prejudices because, you know, being German and 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 Germany as after the war started, you know, and, and and of course everybody knew that Germany was one of the big factors in the war. That that I'm sure they there would have been prejudices, and and so they had to be careful what what they did and when they were. Uh, uh, you know, before they were, uh, but but I I would have to go back and say that most of the friends they had probably were German anyway, but I think the the few that weren't were were um, I would say probably sympathetic to them having to have the same uh, nationality, uh, so uh, you know I I. It was never a thing that was dwelled upon, you know. That that were were uh, we hear so much about repatriations, you know, and and nobody ever said that Russia owed them owed them something for getting getting kicked out, you know. But we hear other situations where repatriations were always uh, on the top of the list. So we always uh, were raised with the idea that you only get what you work for. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, that sticks with you for, for the rest of your life, and you pass it on to your children and grandchildren. Uh, you're an you're a example of that, you know. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it, it, hard work, uh, you know, hard work was necessary because of their their station in life you know no education and all they could do was work so they had to make make the best of that do you when the war went on did you feel discriminated against or did, did your parents stop speaking german or they in fact we asked as youngsters 
my sister and I, if we could learn German and my folks would not teach us German. They said, no, we're in a country where, where you're free and it, it, English is the spoken language and you're not going to learn German. So I never did learn German except I could not carry a conversation on even to this day. I, I know words, uh, you know, but not, uh, nothing that that uh, would give you the the uh, confidence to talk to somebody. Uh, I, I think they, they felt that if they spoke German in public that they would be discriminated against, you know. It was, uh, I, I think that feeling probably went on in the community. Um, in your church, you know, your church was all one ethnic group, you know, and um, uh, so you weren't, uh, you know, your work, you're working, and like I said, my dad was probably working with mostly German people, you know, like himself, and they, they never, uh, I guess they never really had friends that, not a lot of friends that weren't German, so uh, of course, in your close-knit community, you, you, you weren't discriminating against each other. But um, so I don't know. How I, in school, um, after the war, I don't, I don't recall, you know, like kids come up and say, hey, you Nazi or, or something like that. You know, I don't recall that happening. But uh, they might have said it when you didn't hear it, you know. Did your parents speak German at home? Only when they didn't want us to hear something. <laughs> but no, otherwise they spoke English at home. Yeah, I, I, I know my, my sister and I always had the feeling that, you know, if they did say something in German, it was because something that they didn't want us to know about. And, uh, well, you know, we just accepted that, that you know whatever for whatever reason that you know they were our parents and they had the the authority to do that and and we had we respected for that so it wasn't really the case that like when the war started they stopped speaking german it, they still spoke it in private yeah but and potentially within their close community right but um they didn't just stop speaking all together for no. discrimination. But I think they, I think they, they really controlled themselves when they were in public, you know, to make sure they spoke English only. And uh, did they have an accent? My mother had a great accent, and my father had no accent at all. And I didn't know this until 1952. We got our first telephone, and I was calling home to get a ride home from football practice or something. And my mother answered the phone and I said, who is this? <laughs> she says, your mother. And I said, no, I could, you know, when you talk personally, privately, I never knew she had an accident. But boy, when I talked to her on the phone, she had a, a pretty good accent. So that would have, you know, that would have been given people aware that she wasn't, uh, you know, she was from a different country and, and different ethnic group. But uh, Dad, Dad, I don't know how he did it, but boy, he, he, uh, he talked like he was born here, you know. And so, uh, uh, I don't know why, why one person could and one person couldn't. I don't know. It's just maybe my dad was a fast learner, <laughs> you know, that that happens too, that... Uh, 
he had the ability to to overcome that. Well, would they help you out at all with your school? No, there there wasn't much they could do. You know, there wasn't much they could do. Um, I don't know whoever helped helped us with with schooling. Uh, yeah, the, there wasn't there wasn't a thing they because like I said, my dad only went to the fourth grade. My mother went to the eighth grade, and uh, she would have learned a little more. But but at fourth grade, you know, you really hadn't learned enough to help anybody with. Yeah, I don't recall that they ever, except insisting, you know, that we do our our homework. Uh, I, I'm looking at. I don't recall anybody being around us, uh, close close to us, that would help with uh, schoolwork. Did you uh, so walk me through a an elementary school? Mm -hmm. When you get into the classroom, you all sit at your desks. Mm -hmm. uh, walk walk me through like a typical beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, of course, <clears throat> the first thing you did was uh, recite the pledge of allegiance, you know, and then uh, this is before the under God was added in the fifties, or do you remember? You saying under God? You know, I don't remember. Uh, I always thought it was there, you know, and uh, uh, you know, I, we we just assumed that everybody was like everybody believed in God. You know, we didn't know there were there were agnostics or atheists. You know. Uh, growing up, uh, all the friends we had, you know, you know, they they believed uh, that there was a God and He created, but but um, we had no idea that that you know it never. I don't think at a young age we ever thought that there were people that didn't believe that there was God. So. Uh, I don't know when, when I, I just assumed the Pledge of Allegiance had God in it all the time. Um, uh, it was, and then a teacher, if she played piano, then you know we'd sing "God Bless America" or something before class started. But but it was uh, it was quite understanding that you had to recite the Pledge of Allegiance before you before class could be started, and then we went into our. She, you know, I don't remember what what lessons started. Whether it was uh, uh, English or arithmetic or or spelling, but you know, it would um, class would start then. Um, and I don't know how the teacher. I can't remember how the teacher distinguished between the classes when she'd teach more than one class at at. Um, each period, and uh, boy, that that I, I, that's foreign to me. I don't understand how how they did it, or or how we, because we're all sitting in the same room. So how we how would we have known that she was teaching the third grade instead of the fourth grade, or you know? Uh, but she had to do that, and had to had to do what was required in that particular class and then get back down to the lower class and you know so they, they there was a little different teaching than 
it was later on. Did they ever <clears throat> start off class with a an update on how the war was going in the 40s or I don't recall that. I, I don't recall it ever being mentioned in school. It was like it was like it was so such a bad period of history that nobody really wanted to talk about it evidently. And I, I don't us kids would make jokes about it, you know, and I had I had uh, I remember my dad folks had bought me a punching bag and I had I had all the dictators on the punching bag. I'd drew them in chalk and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd hit each one of them. <laughs> who, who were the dictators that you uh, drew? Uh, Hirohito with the Japanese, of course Hitler with, with the German, and then Mussolini was the Italian. And I had all three of them on there, you know, and I'd, I'd just, I'd give it to them. <laughs> I thought I was winning the war, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know about how old you were when you were doing that? So the war, I was nine when the war started. And uh, December the war, I was nine and a half. Uh, so I guess about that time, you know, uh, shortly after the war is when I, I uh, was aware that, uh, you know, that, that boy, I'd, I'd really thought, you know, I was ready for the army or something. Uh, they wouldn't talk about in school, um, prep in, in high school even, um, preparing you for being in the army or making it patriotic to be in the army or. No, I never, I never heard that. Um, <clears throat> in 1944, when uh, Europe uh, surrendered, Germans surrendered. Um, uh, let's see. I, and I was I was thirteen, no, I was twelve, and uh, Japanese surrendered in forty five. So I was thirteen, and uh, I was already in in high school. See, when they surrendered, I was in I was still in the eighth grade when the Germans surrendered. So I don't recall, uh, you know, what what uh, telling us what. Oh, you know, patriotism was always, you know, mentioned that, uh, and 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 what we had to do for our servicemen, and and they had drives that, uh, you know, they would raise money for, for uh, the war effort, and and uh, little pennies and dimes, you know, would would everybody chipped it in, and we had. We had parades in, in Fresno we'd go to where they had servicemen that were driving military vehicles, you know, and give us rides and stuff like that. And, and that always to keep the the awareness that, that you know, th there needs to be a, a defense against tyranny. And uh, uh, I think that's when we learned that uh, there were bad people in the world, you know. Uh, I don't know if they they mention it by by country, but um, it was very obvious that they were teaching us that you know you have to you have to be on guard and and be defensive and and uh, always realize that that see because. A lot of the people affected in World War II weren't around for World War One, so they didn't know that 
travesty of that. So, so this made a different situation. It was a little little different uh, war because the weapons and the and the uh, advancement in training. But um, so do you remember? <clears throat> you said you were still you were not in high school. Yeah. In with VE Day, do you remember any? Uh, parades or celebrations or did you have school off during the during that or um you know i don't remember the school being dismissed but i do remember we had parades and we probably had to wait till saturday or something to have a have a parade and and a celebration of of armistice but but um uh, I, 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 you know, my memory doesn't go back to thinking that we we did have have uh, uh, you know celebrations in school or or. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we got up to basically high school. Um, mm -hmm. We can take a break if you'd like to take a break. No, I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll go into high school then. So um, you came from, what what was the school that you graduated? So was it the school that was first through sixth grade that you yeah. graduated from? Yeah. And then you went to seventh through eighth grade? At, at the which, high school. Which was part of the high school. It was part of the high school, yes. Which was Kerman? Kerman, Kerman, Kerman Union High School, yes. Okay. Do you remember your first day of school in high school? I know, uh, you know, being that you're going in with the big guys, uh, you know, you were kind of scared. But then we were separated, you know. Uh, we'd have assemblies together, but you always, you're always aware as as a, as as uh, underclassman that you, you had somebody that was always, you know, looking at you that made sure that you're, you're not doing something out of the ordinary, but. Um, yeah, it it was kind of I think it was kind of frightening at first to go to that step when when you went from a elementary school to being associated with even though you weren't in high school you were associated around people that were and uh, you were you were fascinated by the the um, the stage of athletics that were in high school from what you had been used to in elementary school, you know. So did all of your friends from elementary school mm -hmm. go to the mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. So you had friends there. Yeah. You didn't have to make new friends. No, no. There, there. Uh, new friends came about, but but because there was one, two, three, four elementary schools that com combined the the junior high at the high school, and then like I said, the, there was a junior high in Kerman that. That was probably almost the same size as, as four schools combined were, but uh, so there wasn't, uh, yeah, there wasn't much change as far as, far as uh, friends and you did make, of course, new friends. But there was quite a difference when we got to the ninth grade and then you had these other junior hires come in. You know, they were different because they were city kids. You know, and we were all country kids and we, we had different attitudes and different. Uh, likes and dislikes so there was it was something to get used to you know did you um <clears throat> what did you do when when you were in high school what were some of the things that you did outside of school 
would you go to go to a restaurant to hang out or or yeah we we had a drive-in that was about two miles from school and we had a group of us that usually hung out at that every weekend and uh, it, it was just a place that that you could go that was away from home and and away from school activities and just uh, you know to have uh, to take the if you had any tensions from school to take take time to relax with friends and and uh, yeah do you um, when did you get your first television was this in high school hmm no. Okay. I think our first television was I was probably I was probably a sophomore in college. Okay. Yeah. But you had a you had a you said you had a phone. Yes. In high school. Yes. Okay. Do you remember your old phone number? No. Or how, I, how you I dialed? Don't, no. I remember it was a it was the old phone that. Um, you had a you had a receiver that was uh, uh, separate from the phone, speaking phone. Uh, uh, was and, it hanging up on the wall? Uh, yeah, it was hanging on the wall, and uh, it, it, there was a little hook on the side that you hung the re receiver in, and then the the, uh, the speaker was you know directly hooked into it. So you had a talking close to that but you're you know the cord was probably this long for your ear and uh about a foot long yeah um did you uh do you do you remember any of your favorite music that you used to listen to in in high school i used to like to listen to uh, frank sinatra or some and uh uh, Bing Crosby, I, um, Bing Crosby had some patriotic songs, and uh, I, I can't, I can't put a name to, to any of them. Uh, they were, they were probably the most popular singers at that time, and uh, I had an incident, uh, when the war was, over, and uh, I was singing this song that Frank Sinatra had made, and in the song, during the song, there was a part where he sang, and the world owes me a loving, and I came home, and I was singing that, and my mother thought I said, the world owes me a living, and boy, did she lay into me, and she went on for like 10 minutes just reading me up up and down she said don't ever think that anybody owes you a living and <clears throat> the only living you get is what you work for you know it was so that was indelible in my mind that I never forgot it and I always remember <clears throat> in my later years that that was that was a, 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 something that it was it wasn't only an ethnic thing it was Probably a European thing that that they grew up with of of work, the work ethic, you know, and and it was boy, I I was so awake and I couldn't make her understand that what the word 
I was singing, but boy, did she let me know that you don't ever say that somebody owes you a living. So I kind of had that throughout my life and kind of passed it on to my family too. And and uh, I think it was something that that they all now, uh, you know, carry on. Uh, we have great grandkids coming up. We we uh, we know their grandparents have have been through that. Uh, they hear some things from me, and uh, I'm sure they probably pass it on to their their grandkids, their children. And uh, <clears throat> do you remember when you watched your first movie? Hmm. Was that in high school? Yeah, we went to a, two couples. We went. We had this little single seat. My friend had this little single seat car, and we we're all, four of us were piled in this little car and went down to Kerman, and Kerman had a theater at that time. Boy, what was that movie we watched? It undoubtedly was something about the war. I I really don't remember what what the first one was. That it was in but, the drive-in theater. No, it was a sit-down theater, and uh, that was the first theater uh, there was ever outside of Fresno. You know that every everything else was in Fresno. We'd been to movies in there, but <clears throat> this one had a little personal touch since us two guys took two girls to the to the movie. I think was, we were only probably 15 years old or something at the time. Do you remember how much a movie ticket cost? I think there were probably like 25 cents or something, you know. Uh, I don't know where we got the money to pay the tickets. Maybe there were only 10 cents, I don't know. Because we, when we worked at home, we never ever got paid for working because uh, the... They let us know that our our pay was uh, food and lodging, <laughs> you know. So, so we never had money. So whenever we had money, they they would have to give us a little bit to go out, uh, and I'm sure they never gave us much. So, so uh, I don't know if we had enough to even buy popcorn. But but. Uh, did you um, or how would you describe yourself um, as a teenager? I. I, w I thought I was always um, uh, a decent person who, who didn't, didn't get in trouble. I tried to get along with, you know, my, my fellow uh, persons. Um, I, 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 liked I, I liked everybody, you know, and I, had, I was always with a group of, of kids that were were similar to me, you know, and had and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to hang out with a guy that was a, you know, didn't talk good, didn't talk nice, or, or didn't use good language. Uh, that was always um, put in my mind at a young age that you know you watch what words you use, you know, and never never ever take God's name in vain. And so if, if you hurt anybody, then you'd, you'd distance yourself from that person uh, immediately. But, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought I was a likable kid, you know, that uh, other kids would, would uh, 
wouldn't shun me, would would like me. So I. <clears throat> so you mentioned having a group of friends. Did you yeah. guys <clears throat> have a the the drive-in theater was the place to mm-hmm. to hang out. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do anything um, that you uh, that was rowdy or something like that? Okay. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> you are you are picking up my mind. Um, <clears throat> we used to go out in Halloween and and tip over outhouses. That was a big thing in in our day because everybody had every ranch had an outhouse, you know, and and we uh, tipped them over. And I remember one year we were out and this guy had his outhouse attached to his chicken house chicken um, yard and it was uh, he had nailed it nailed the fence to the to the uh, the outhouse and boy did we have a time pushing and push so hard and one of our friends fell in <laughs> oh man did we we distance ourselves from him <laughs> he, he smelled terrible <laughs> and it was our neighbor and and boy he talked to my dad and he says boy I don't know these wild kids came down and tip my toilet over and and knock down my chicken fence and the chickens scattered <laughs> boy <laughs> i never told my dad but but he told me about it you know and i i, <laughs> I went and told my friends that boy we we kind of messed up our neighbor's place <laughs> yeah that was a that was a big deal you know and and uh there was another thing you'd 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 take a a pin, safety pin, and hook it, uh, take a little thin wire to it, and you'd hook it in somebody's screen, and then you'd rub soap over it, and it would screech into the house. And boy, you know, we thought that, you know, and these guys would come out screaming, and you you know, and that, you know, we thought those were really, really bad things, but but, um, uh, in retrospect, it, it could have been worse, I guess. So you never got <clears throat> caught for the no, outhouse? No, no. Was there a time that you got caught um, doing something? No, uh, we were always careful to do things that weren't so bad that <clears throat> it would it would cause, uh, you know, somebody to, to shoot at us. <laughs> but um, so... Did you um, have a nickname in high school? Yeah, this uh, this um, group of of um, in Hollywood had a guy in the, in this group, and his name was Satch, and and for some reason the shape of my nose and and my profile looked just like the guy, and so everybody picked up on that and called me Satch from then on when we saw these guys. Uh, playing, you know, in in movies and stuff, so that that kind of stuck on me, and and it it even stuck on me after after high school. I was surprised when I none of my my friends uh, went to college with me, and yet the name got into college somehow by someone, and uh, they used to call me Sachin College too. <laughs> wow, how in the world did they f- know about this? Was it uh, was it more in a teasing manner? Like, did you mind being called? No, no. It was it was uh, 
there was probably times it it irritated a little bit, but most of the time it it was kind of a recognition that you know you know maybe they call me that because they like me. I thought you know, so it it didn't really really bother me. I kind of look forward to it, you know, that I knew somebody was gonna. It actually was a relative that gave me the name. His mother was my first cousin, and we used to hang out in school, and and he's the one that that picked up that name for me, and <laughs> it stuck with me. So the group of friends <clears throat> that you hung out with in high school, do you remember their names? Well, Stanley was the one who gave me this. His name was Stanley Stephan. He gave me this nickname. Uh, then there was Leo Bringetto. There was Pete Wolf and Al Belwamini and... Uh, uh, what the heck was that guy? Oh, I can picture where he lives, but I can't think of his name. Those were the main ones that we were with uh, most of the time, you know. We're the ones that hung out down at the Belmadera Drive-In, too, all the time. <laughs> were they all city kids? No, they're all farm kids. Yeah. They were all farm kids, yeah. We didn't, uh, you know, when the when the Kerman Junior High School moved into the high school, uh, I don't recall having any of those as friends. It was like I just kept my old friends, and and their old friends were all farm kids because uh, those were the schools that were uh, in the junior, in the seventh and eighth grade at the high school. Uh, and it was kind of a, a segregation thing when the, when the city kids moved out to the country school. It was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. They were, they're just different in the you know, then we were used to doing things as country kids, so. Did you ever skip high school? <clears throat> uh, ditch day, that was a traditional yearly thing. <clears throat> we we were allowed to have, as seniors, we were allowed to have one day that they called ditch day, and we'd go off and pick a area. We I think we picked... A, uh, Yosemite. We all went to Yosemite one day, and uh, yeah, that was. I I I never purposely did school that I can recall. Maybe I'm trying to wipe that out of my memory or something, but but I don't recall it uh, because I knew that if my folks found out, boy, I'd <laughs> you know I'd have wished I'd have never done it. So. I, I think that probably kept me from doing anything out of the ordinary. Um, when you were growing up, what did you want to be when you were in high school? Not a farmer, that's for sure. Uh, they worked us so much on the farm that I thought, boy, this was the... I always thought growing up that this was the dumbest way to make a living. You work from sunup to sundown, and you never know whether you're going to make money or not. And I really wanted to get in some, I didn't know what, but uh, I knew I didn't want to want to be a farmer. Uh, so any other uh, line of, of work or business, I, I, I don't recall. I probably, when I, when we'd go to stores and stuff, I probably thought, yeah, that'd be nice, you know, to do that and not have to get dirty and you know, all day long and and uh, meet people that, that uh, I don't know. 
So the sports that you played in mm -hmm. high school mm -hmm. <clears throat> were track and... Football and basketball. Mm -hmm. What were your... What were your positions in football? Uh, I was in... In those days, they didn't have... Uh, they just had uh, the 11 positions, you know. It was... It was uh, uh, in the backfield was fullback, uh, halfback, quarterback. Uh, we never had uh, uh, T formation in, in, in when I was in school. So the quarterback was actually the blocking back, and uh, the uh, fullback and the halfback were the running backs. And then you had a, another halfback, and he was kind of like uh, the odd guy out in the backfield. He'd do some blocking I played in, and uh, uh, we had right in and left in, right tackle, left tackle, right guard, left guard, center. That was the positions you had in the, and there was no spread or anything, you know, it was just a straight formation every every play. I was very fl uh, lucky to be in a class that was very athletic, and we had a, our football team, we never were scored upon until the very last game of the season, and that was the game for the championship. And the team scored upon us in the first quarter and really brought us down to light that we weren't as good as we thought we were. But no, it, it, we had gone the whole season and no team had ever scored on us. And we were like 140 some points to zero, and we got beat 14 to seven in that last game. We were ready to score a tying touchdown and, and when the gun went off. But, uh, you know, that was lucky. And then in basketball, uh, we won most of our games. We won the league, we won the county, and we won the Valley Championship. And uh, uh, no, other, no other class in our school had ever done that except my, I had a, my mother's... Uh, younger brother was on the basketball team at Kerman High School in 1933 and they won Valley Championship. The only two classes that ever won Valley Championship was my class and my uncle's class. I thought that was kind of kind of unique and I I talked to people later on that talked about those people on that 33 team after all those years. Anyway, um, do you remember when you were playing football? Yeah. How tall were you? I was six six foot, and I weighed about a hundred and forty pounds, and I used to get knocked all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. I was always uh, my position. I was supposed to block the linebacker of the opposite team, and I could never get him. So our right halfback was a small guy. He was smaller than I was, and so. Uh, he couldn't block his man, and I couldn't block my man. So we got together and said, in the huddle, I said, now, this is what you do. You fall down behind a guy, make like you fall down, and I'll push him over you. And that's, that's the only way. We got one guy blocked that way. That was, and we had to do it so the referee didn't know it was connived, you know. But it was, we had fun. I had, uh, I, I didn't enjoy football so much, uh, uh, I didn't really like to get hit that hard when you're that, you know, everybody else is bigger than you were. And you didn't have pads. And... Yeah, we, we, we did have, uh, uh, our, 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 our pants did have pads at the knees, 
and I think we did have thigh pads, but they weren't positioned right. And I remember getting blocked one time, and that right on that pad, and that darn thing gave me a Charlie horse on my. It, it didn't cover enough, and it it gave me a Charlie horse on my my thigh, and boy, I was limping around. So anyway, I I uh, on defense. Uh, of course, we kept the same positions on defense. So on defense, I was always <clears throat> trying to stop somebody from going around my end and there, there's usually the best blocker on the opposing team was was hitting me so I usually got knocked down pretty good uh, a couple of times I I made try to tackle a guy the the fastest running back in the opposing team and I, uh, like a dumbbell I made a flying tackle and got kicked in the nose and uh, people said uh, you know, with your nose, and I said, well, I wasn't born with a nose like this. <laughs> I got kicked twice in the nose. Uh, you'd think one time I'd learn. And anyway, uh, I wasn't very proficient at all. I, I would say out of the 11 guys on the team, this right halfback and I were probably tied for for a 10th, you know. <laughs> we're the 10th worst guys in it. The, but anyway, we we made it through. I I I was a good pass catcher. I I, I made a few touchdowns. Uh, I could I could catch a pass where uh, you know it, it wasn't even thrown uh, good to, or to me. I could jump uh, and so I could I could get a pass away from the defender. Uh, but that was that was um, my my extent of football playing. Did you uh, have any hobbies outside of sports, Aiden? Boy, you know that was probably it. Uh, you know, I I, I love sports so much that that I never. Uh, I I know I I I had a BB gun and that was probably the most <laughs> fun I had beside you know doing sports things and stuff. I I was always. Uh, Shooting birds because uh, they were always destroying our our uh, our property, but um, you know I I'm sure I had some, but it but it it doesn't come to my mind right now. Do you remember any of your teachers in high school? Yeah, I remember my geom a trigonometry teacher, Mr. Lowe. He was a short man and had this white mustache. And he was very kind and uh, a patient. Yeah, uh, trigonometry was not an easy subject to learn, and he was very patient to to let us. He could have been teaching at a college level, but he was high. And to think these young guys could not get to class, couldn't get it, you know. But he was. I would say he was very patient. Uh, other than that, it would have been the coaches, you know, that were. And, and they were, of course, they had to teach also beside coaching. And uh, what were your coaches' names? Um, in my earlier years, his name was Bronson. His last name was Bronson. Uh, boy, I don't know his first name. And then I had in um, track and football and basketball had uh, Lee Angelich was his name. He was a. a University of California graduate, and he had the West Coast record for the high hurdles in college. 
and so he was a good a good coach. He had another coach that was his assistant coach who coached the lower basketball teams, and he was um, at Fresno State doing uh, work, and he he was baseball coach and uh, the lower team's basketball coach and assistant football coach. They were really, I think, I, I, when I look back after I got out of high school, I, I thought that we might not have been as good as we were, but it was for the, the coaches were that good that they made, they made a team out of us that weren't really uh, that much better than anybody else. But did you have a curfew when you were in high school? Oh yeah, I I, I would uh, never. I was never supposed to be out after ten o'clock if we went to the drive-in. You know, you better be home by ten o'clock. So, you know, you know, we we pretty well lived by it. We didn't. Uh, we weren't. Uh, uh, tried to. We didn't break the curfew. Let me put it that way. <clears throat> Do you have any other favorite memories when you were in high school? Well, one of the biggest memories is, is um, and it wasn't a good memory, but it was, as it was, is we were going to play th this team from uh, Washington Union High School for the league championship, and I was the captain of the basketball team, and we were in the cafeteria for lunch, and we we went up the stairs and made a a 90 degree turn to go to the the cafeteria bar and uh, i was at this corner and i everybody was pushing and i put my hand up against the wall to stop uh, the crowd pushing me and i didn't know it was a glass and i busted the glass and put 22 stitches in my arm and so that that was the end of my playing. Uh, so our team went on to win that league, that game and the county and the Valley Championship with me sitting on the bench in my arm in a cast. And when the team of Washington Union saw that I was hurt, they were they thought that the game was in the bag and it turned out that our players played the best game that they ever played. Uh, not because of me, but but or trying to fill in for me, and uh, so that that was now why why God made me break cut my hand. I don't know, but it it and I'm thinking. I thought back. You know, if I was playing, I I think that team was better than we were. That we might not have won. Being the fact that I didn't play uh, made the other players uh, play above their their ability. So, you know, things happen. And but that was that was uh, like I said, it wasn't a good memory, but it it was factual memory memory that I that I had that uh, was was terror terrorized me at the time. Um. <clears throat> Is there anything that you would have done differently in high school if you had the chance? I would have tried to have been a better student, I think, if I if I had another if I had had another chance to do it. I think I I didn't um, I didn't have good study habits, and I think I would have would have learned to 
to uh, uh, be a, a good student. I, I, you know, I, unfortunately, I was having a good time playing sports, and I, I put less importance in the classroom. And I think it had to do it. If I'd had that to do over again, I would have put less emphasis on sports and more in the classroom. But it was what it was, you know, and and uh, I made it through, uh, not not by any any uh, figment of anybody's imagination, but I I did make it through. Did you get your first car in high school? Yes, I I uh, I had a car in my. Uh, when my my dad realized that he couldn't go pick me up from practice every day, that they decided to get me a car between my sophomore and junior year, and they bought me a, 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 a certainly wasn't a kid's car. It was a, a 1937 Plymouth four-door sedan, uh, painted gray. Um, Boy, if this certainly wasn't a a kid's car, and my uh, my buddies who had shop and I didn't, they took it down one night to a night shop class, and they put dual exhausts on it, and uh, so they had been running the radio, and and they, uh, I guess they had to jump the battery to start it, and the next day. I went to start the car to go to school, and it, and I, I couldn't start it. So my dad pushed me down the driveway, and he, and, and he said, help me push and then jump in and start it. So I jumped in, and the thing goes, Broom, you know. And he got down on his knees, and he looked. He thought my muffler had fallen off. <laughs> and I looked in the rear mirror, and I'm just laughing. He's still, he's still laying down there looking. And, and then when I came back and told him, and of course, he, you know, it was funny. He liked to hear those kind of sounds, you know. And so he was kind of glad that the kids did do that. And he'd always, he'd go out every once in a while, start my car, and go, vroom, vroom, you know. <laughs> But it was kind of the talk of the high school, you know. I had this little old, old car that looked like an old man's car, and it had these dual exhausts on it, and everybody, everybody would, uh, and I had, I have it because it would, uh, it would back backdraft, you know, and and you'd step on it, and then you'd let off on it, and it it it'd go, oh, you know, and boy, everybody when I'd leave school, they're all standing around waiting for me to, to do that, and. <laughs> It was before that. Uh, I had uh, my dad let me take the truck to school, and uh, it was old 1937 Rio, uh, uh, a ton and a half truck, and and I would take it to school. And boy, that that wasn't really a school car either. And it had uh, it had a muffler, but it was it was. Um, not a real quiet muffler, and I used to, I used to, uh, when you'd let off on the gas, you know, and you shift gear, it it had a back wrap, you know, and I used to leave school and everybody was waiting for me, and that's why the same thing with the car. So my second car was graduation, and I had taken this little old Plymouth to school and uh, for graduation, and uh, when we came out from graduation to go 
to a, the party, I I went out to where my car was parked, you know, and it, it wasn't there. And this little 1949 Chevrolet uh, two-door sedan was sitting in its place, and that was my graduation gift. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. That uh, you know, like I said, my my folks didn't have much money, but but they uh, they yeah. So I got that for graduation in high school. Boy, it was, and not many kids had cars in those days, you know. So. When did you graduate? Pardon me. When did you graduate? Uh, nineteen forty-nine. Oh, so it was uh, it was a late model. Pardon me. It was a late model. It was brand new. Oh, it was brand new. Yeah, it didn't have. 10 miles on it I think when I when I took it but but I was real careful with it and and, uh, and you know they told me this is your car and you but I was it was um, I forgot what my dad was driving it was almost a nice car as he had uh, you were 17 when you graduated yeah I was I was uh, I was 17 on May 20th and I graduated June 10th so I was three weeks. I was 16, 17, three weeks. Uh, so I, I was the baby of our class. Everybody was 18 when we graduated. But uh, I kept up with all the guys anyway. I had a good time. I, I really, uh, you know, in those days I didn't realize it, but in retrospect I realized that... Um, God had His hand on me, and, and every place I went, I I was I thought I was lucky, but it wasn't luck. It was it was guidance, you know. So I'm here, still, still guiding, still. 